0: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
1: The culture thought it was acceptable. Society, the nation thought it was acceptable to do these things, but these things were completely unacceptable and offensive to God. And I think that's a good distinction for us to make, that our culture might say certain things are acceptable to do and legal to do and constitutional to do, and they are not acceptable to God, and they're an abomination
0: to God. Just because culture and current events might look favorably on sins and things contrary to God's Word, that doesn't mean that it's okay. Today, Pastor Dan is going to be with you in the book of Ezekiel to show you that even when the Israelites themselves didn't see a problem with idols in the Lord's temple, God still judged them and punished them for it. No matter how attractive or acceptable something seems in culture or in your country, you need to remember to keep yourself away from sin. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 8 for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
1: Well, we have made it to Ezekiel chapter 8, and Ezekiel chapter 8 begins a new section in the book of Ezekiel. This new section is uh, from chapter 8 to chapter 11. And just as a reminder, remember, Ezekiel was uh, living in Babylon uh, in exile with the other Jews that are in Babylon in exile. Uh, And in this section, chapters 8 to 11... Ezekiel receives a vision from God about the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple. Um, and the the great thing, one of the great things about this vision, as we're going to see uh, tonight and in the coming weeks, as we make our way through this section, is that this vision gives us a glimpse of what was happening in the spiritual realm leading up to and during the destruction. of of the city of Jerusalem. Uh, It tells us what God was doing uh, in the unseen world, in the invisible, Uh, and we're really going to see that uh, not tonight but in chapters 9, 10, and 11, just the the unseen world of what was really going on uh, in the spiritual realm, and I think that that's a good reminder for us with everything that's going on right now in our nation and in the news Uh, to remember that there is an unseen world, that there is a spiritual realm that's at work in our world today. We see the physical, we see the visible world, but there's a spiritual realm and there are spiritual powers at work in the world right now, both good and evil, at work in the things going on in our nation. Uh, You know, in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul writes, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. That's a good reminder for us that our battle is not really against flesh and blood enemies. Our battle is not really against other people uh, or people who have a different view On things than we do. It's really a spiritual battle. You know, this week, a a retired NFL coach and Super Bowl champion, Tony Dungy, said this about the current crisis our nation is facing. He says, today we are a divided country. We've divided racially, politically, and socioeconomically. And Satan is laughing at us because that is exactly what he wants. Dysfunction, mistrust, and hatred help his kingdom flourish. We have to recognize that we are not fighting against other people. We are fighting against Satan and his kingdom and spiritual darkness. And that's true. There's a spiritual war taking place. There's a spiritual battle taking place. And our fight is really against Satan and his kingdom of spiritual darkness. Ezekiel reminds us that there is an unseen realm that is working in our world and moving things and manipulating things. Uh, Again, both good and evil at work. We'll see that a lot more in the coming chapters of 9, 10, and 11. But verse 1 it says, And it came to pass in the sixth year, in the sixth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I sat in my house with the elders of Judah sitting before me, that the hand of the Lord God fell upon me, there And so he gives us the date, and the date mentioned here in verse 1 uh, tells us that this is about 14 months after Ezekiel received his first vision in chapter 1. Remember that amazing vision of God on his throne, in his glory, in chapter 1. So now 14 months have gone by. Uh, Ezekiel was sitting in his house with the elders of Judah. Again, they're in Babylon And he receives this vision from God. Remember, too, there were also false prophets in Babylon who were telling the people that they weren't going to be in Babylon very long, that they don't need to settle in there in Babylon because God was going to deliver them. God was going to send them back to Jerusalem. Uh, They were telling the people that nothing's going to happen to Jerusalem. God would never allow anything to happen to Jerusalem or the temple in Jerusalem. And the people and the elders believed those false prophets. They liked that message better than the truth. And so now Ezekiel has this vision. And in this vision, uh, Ezekiel is able to tell these elders what was happening from God's point of view. Here's God's point of view on things. And really, God's point of view is the point of view we should be most concerned about, right? That's the one that we should be most concerned with. What does God think? How does God see this? What's God's opinion about what's happening? You know, forget what all the people are saying and their opinion. You know, again, you look, you know, you go on the news, and there's so many different opinions of what's happening and how it's going to be resolved. And forget that. What does God say? What's God's opinion about it? So he goes on here in verse two, and then I looked. So here's his vision, and there was a likeness, a likeness like the appearance of fire. And from the appearance of his waist, so he's describing a person here, and downward there was fire, and from his waist and upward, like the appearance of brightness, like the color of amber. So he has this vision, and he sees a likeness, a person, and he begins to describe this person that he sees. And many believe that this was Jesus Christ, a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible tells us that God is spirit, John 1.18 says, No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God, who is near to the Father's heart, he has revealed God to us, speaking of Jesus Christ. God is spirit. Jesus Christ revealed God to mankind. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God, it says in Colossians. And so many believe that what Ezekiel sees here is a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ in all of his glory. And this likeness that he sees in verse 3, it says he stretched out the form of a hand and he took me by a lock of my hair and the spirits, now you have the spirit of God, lifted me up between earth and heaven and brought me in visions of God to Jerusalem, to the door of the north gate of the inner court where the seat of the image of jealousy was, which provokes to jealousy, So that in this vision now, the spirit of God lifts Ezekiel up and carries him from Babylon to the temple in Jerusalem. Now, we don't know if Ezekiel was like literally physically carried to Jerusalem or is he just seeing this in a vision from his living room in his house in Babylon. We can't say for sure uh, which it is. Uh, You know, it's similar to the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 12 where he says, you know, that he was caught up to the third heaven you know, where God dwells. And he says, whether I was in my body or out of my body, I I couldn't tell. You know, for Paul, when he gets a vision of heaven, he says, I don't know if I was actually there or whether it was just a, a very, very vivid vision. And I thought I was. I don't know for sure whether I was there. I was just kind of seeing this thing. Well, the same thing here for Ezekiel. We can't say for sure if Ezekiel was actually carried to Jerusalem and walked around the city and through the gates that he describes here in this chapter and saw all these things in person, or did God just give him a vision of it, a supernatural vision, uh, while he's still in Babylon? Somehow, though, God brought Ezekiel to the temple, and he begins what he's going to do here now, is he's going to show him around the temple in Jerusalem. Again, there's all these false prophets that are saying, God's never going to destroy the temple. God would never do that. He's never going to judge Jerusalem. And what God does now is he takes Ezekiel on a tour of the temple, and he's going to show Ezekiel all of the reasons why he's going to destroy that temple. And he's going to walk Ezekiel around and allow Ezekiel to see what's really happening in that temple, kind of presenting evidence. If this were a court case, God's now presenting his case. This is why he's going to judge them. This is why he's going to bring destruction. And he's going to allow Ezekiel to see it for himself. He says he he brought him to the temple. And it says he showed him, notice, the image of jealousy in the court of the temple. The image of jealousy. This, This was an idol that was set up in the temple courts. And it's called the image of jealousy because it provoked God to jealousy. Right? I mean, this is the first commandment, right? You shall have no other gods before me. Not only did they have a God before him, they set their God up in the temple that was built for Yahweh. and it provokes him to jealousy. God is a jealous God. He's jealous for us.
0: We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City Act.
1: We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient. It's easy to use and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now. Search for Calvary Chapel Ellicott City in your app store or just follow the links on our website at CalvaryEC.com.
0: What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth.
1: As a husband wants a wife that is faithful, God desires faithfulness on our part. In Deuteronomy thirty-two twenty-one, God says, "...they have provoked me to jealousy by what is not God. They have moved me to anger by their foolish idols." They actually set those idols up in the temple. Now, if you're a note taker, Manasseh, Manasseh was the first king of Judah to place idols in the temple in Jerusalem. uh, And he did so about a 100 years before the destruction of the temple. Manasseh the king set up idols. Listen, again, if you're taking notes, you can jot down 2 Kings 21, where it tells us of Manasseh that Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king. And he reigned in Jerusalem 55 years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, following the detestable practices of the pagan nations that the Lord had driven from the land ahead of the Israelites. So he adopted the practices of the pagan nations that were in the land of Canaan, the nations that God wanted destroyed. He rebuilt the pagan shrines his father Hezekiah had destroyed. He constructed altars for Baal and uh, set up Asherah poles, just as King Ahab of Israel had done in the north. He also bowed before all the powers of the heavens and worshipped them. And then it says, he built pagan altars in the temple of Yahweh, the place where Yahweh has said, my name will remain in Jerusalem forever. He built these altars for all the powers of the heavens in both courtyards of the Lord's temple. Manasseh also sacrificed his own son in the fire. Uh, They would sacrifice their children to Molech. He practiced sorcery and divination, and he consulted with mediums and psychics. He did much that was evil in the Lord's sight, arousing God's anger. Manasseh even made a carved image of Asherah and set it up in the temple, the very place where the Lord had told David and his son Solomon my name will be honored forever in this temple and in Jerusalem, the city I have chosen from among all the tribes of Israel. And so Manasseh is the first one who did this in the temple. Uh, and, and later, Josiah would remove these things, and then they would be brought back and set back up in the temple. And, and here's the thing that I think is important for us. The people didn't see anything wrong with this. The people didn't see anything wrong with this, but God did. The people uh, thought it was acceptable behavior. The culture thought it was acceptable. Society, the nation thought it was acceptable to do these things, but these things were completely unacceptable and offensive to God. And I think that's a good distinction for us to make, that our culture might say certain things are acceptable to do and legal to do and constitutional to do, And they are not acceptable to God, and they're an abomination to God. Remember, I've said this before, but we are not going to be judged by the Constitution of the United States. When we stand before God, we're going to be judged by his word. What does his word say? Not the U.S. Constitution, as wonderful as it is. Look at verse 4, and behold, the glory of the God of Israel was there in the temple. He sees the glory of God in the temple like the vision that I saw in the plain, referring back to chapter 1, when uh, he saw that uh, vivid uh, image of the glory of God on his throne, that vivid description he gave us. So the glory of God is in his temple at this point. Now, as we work our way through chapters 9, 10, and 11, we're going to see the glory of God start to leave, start to depart. But we'll get into that next week. Then he said to me, verse 5, Son of man, Lift your eyes now toward the north. So I lifted my eyes toward the north, and there north of the altar gate was the image of jealousy in the entrance. So they set up in the entrance to the temple, they set up these idols now. Furthermore, he said to me, Son of man, do you see what they are doing, the great abominations that the house of Israel commits here to make me go far away From my sanctuary. He says, do you see what they're doing in my house, in my temple? These things, this idolatry caused God to go far away from his sanctuary. God is a jealous God. He's a holy God. And he will not share his temple with other gods. And so, as I just said, we're going to see in coming chapters, he begins to just depart. His presence, his glory, will leave that temple. You know, in the New Testament, uh, we're told that we as believers are the temple of the living God, that you are the temple. I'm the temple. As believers in Jesus Christ, we are the temple of God. And when God looks at your life or God looks at my life, what does he find? Does he find things that don't really belong in the life of a follower of Jesus Christ? Are there things that God finds offensive? Are there things that God finds inappropriate? Are there things that cause God to want to distance himself from us? Are there things that God looks and says, you know what, as long as that is in your life, I'm going to keep my distance from you because I don't want to be around that. I'm a holy God, and I don't want to share space with that. And so if you're not going to remove that, I'll leave. I'll be the one who backs off. You know, the Bible says our sin separates us from God. Now, God, I want to be clear, God promises he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us completely, but our sin will cause God to distance himself from us. And, of course, the remedy for that is repentance and confession. You know, that we uh, turn from our sin, remove those things that offend God, get them out of our life and then confess our sins, which is just to acknowledge to God that that we were wrong, ask his forgiveness, and the promise is he will forgive us and cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. And the Bible says if we draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. Now, look what he says at the end of verse 6. He says to Ezekiel, now again, it's as if Ezekiel has been brought to the entrance of the temple in Jerusalem, and God says, Do you see what they have here in the entrance? And now at the end of verse 6, he says, now turn again, you will see greater abominations. God says, you, th- you think this is bad, what they've got here at the entrance? Let me show you what else they've got here. I'll show you greater abominations. So he brought me to the door of the court of the temple. And when I looked, there was a hole in the wall. Then he said to me, son of man, dig into the wall. And when I dug into the wall, there was a door. And he said to me, Go in and see the wicked abominations which they are doing there. You know, the way it's written here, it sounds as if God is staying outside. And he tells Ezekiel, you go in and see what they're doing in there. God knows what they're doing in there. But he doesn't say, come in with me and I'll show you what they're doing. God says, you go in. He's a holy God. He's not going to go in. He says, go in and see the wicked abominations which they are doing there. So I went in and saw and there every sort of creeping thing. Abominable beasts and all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed all around on the walls. This reminds me of Romans chapter one, right? Verse 23, where it talks about how people have uh, turned from God and forsaken God and began to worship creeping things uh, and different idols. But they're portrayed on the walls and there stood before them. Look what it says. Seventy men of the elders of the house of Israel. And in their midst stood Jezaniah, the son of Shaphan. Each man had a censer in his hand, he had incense, and a thick cloud of incense went up. Then he said to me, Son of man, have you seen what the elders of the house of Israel do in the dark? Every man in the room of his idols, for they say, The Lord does not see us, the Lord has forsaken the land. So God now takes Ezekiel to uh, deeper into the temple and he shows him a hole in the wall and a door and he tells Ezekiel to go in and see what they're doing and he goes in and he finds kind of this secret room within the temple where they've got idols portrayed on the walls, either painted on the walls or they've got statues of idols on the walls Uh, and the 70 elders of Israel are in there the leaders. And they're burning incense to these false gods. And we're told here in verse 11, Ezekiel recognized one of the elders was Jezaniah, the son of Shaphan. And you read that and say, okay, so what? (laughs) Well, Shaphan Shaphan was a scribe. And Shaphan was one of the leaders of of the Reformation that took place under King Josiah. Shaphan was one of the guys put in charge of repairing the temple under King Josiah. And if you remember that story, as they're repairing the temple, because it's just been neglected, as they're repairing it, they find a copy of the law of Moses. Some believe it was the actual copy that Moses made of the law. And some also believe it was the only remaining copy of the law left. They just find it kind of, you know, in the debris inside the temple. When they find it, they take that to Shaphan, the scribe. And they say, look what we found. Shaphan reads it, realizes it's a copy of the law of Moses. And Shaphan is the guy who brought it to the king and read it to the king which causes the King King Josiah to repent. He asked me how I know and I say truer than the finest crystal.
0: We're so glad you tuned in to hear today's edition of Ring of Truth as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of Ezekiel together. If you'd like to hear this message again or more from Pastor Dan feel free to visit our website at calvaryec.com. You can listen to and download a wide range of previous broadcasts or simply subscribe to our podcast. Sometimes life can get busy, and when it gets busy, it can be hard to find the time to dig deeper into the Bible for ourselves. At Ring of Truth, we've tried to make it a bit easier for you. Our podcast provides you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you go. This way, you'll have encouragement from God's Word throughout the day. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life. So please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. We'd also love to be praying for you. So when you call, feel free to share any prayer requests that are on your heart. And we'd be happy to pray with and for you. Well, that's all we have time for today. Join us next time as Pastor Dan continues teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Ezekiel, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and the recognize